Drew Seals Report. I'm yeah. Carvello, as always, joined by Mr. Drew Olson. Mr. Drew Olson, how are you? Living, living the dream, per huge. What's up with you, Kyle? On, on many, I am, I am living the dream. Uh, it is currently thundering and lightning outside, so I could lose power at any minute, which keeps things exciting, you know. Keeps you on your toes. Uh, you could say this podcast is going to be electric, just like the Timbers' offense. We could, but we're not going to. Okay? Okay. Uh, so we have a very uh, fun guest tonight of the East Coast Platoon and the newly redubbed Gotham Company, Bree Chen. Bree, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Excellent. Fantastic. As a, Happy to be here. Uh, so, Bree, <laughs> I, have a, I have a bone of contention that I'm going to bring up here, and I'm saving this for the pod, because I was catching up on some old Timbers podcasts today. And um, literally like an hour ago, I heard you on the Soccer Touchdown podcast. So <laughs> I just wanted to know why, you know, we've been, I've been talking to you about coming on the field report for literally like two months now, and then I just have to hear you on another podcast. Please explain yourself. I am both shocked and dismayed. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, funny about that, I actually got in touch with those guys back um, back when the season started to cover some uh, just cover some stories for the Columbus that we met earlier this season. So I've been talking with them since, good God, when was that? Um, these seasons are so long, a long but time so ago. short at the same time. But yeah. Um, but I ran into them in Seattle when I went to go uh, watch the away match there, and we had a nice little conversation. And um, I'm so sorry that I lost my <laughs> soccer podcast virginity to someone else. Well, I just think, you know, we're, you know, we're, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're a party, like the group. We should have been priority. <laughs> no. you know, now we're now we're at Breeze on her soccer podcast tour, and we're just another stop on the road. I'm just, you know, whatever. It's all good. Uh, Zippy and JP are pretty cool. Uh, did you get a chance to meet Sambot? Um, I'm not sure I did. I feel like a lot of that trip was a very um shrouded shrouded very much in a haze. Well, uh. That's that's for the best. I, I have a minor crush on Sambot, but uh, we'll we'll just move on from that. Um, <laughs> uh, let's uh, let's start talking about you, Bree. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where are you from? And I'm I think you're in New York now, so that's the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, um, that's kind of fun and crazy to be to be on this podcast. Um, I'm originally from Corvallis, Oregon. So shout out to Oregon State and uh, all the lovely folks in Corvallis. Um, let's see. Um, I moved to New York City for school back in 2010. I've been out here in the city for, I can't believe it, almost seven years now. Um, and I've been watching the Timbers out here. It's about the same time I moved to D.C. Actually. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I've literally, I don't know, I forget what year it is sometimes. and I'm just kind of mind boggled that I've been out here for so long. So interesting. So, were you more a Timbers? Did you become more of a Timbers fan in New York than you were when you actually lived in Oregon? Because I, because to a certain extent, I think that's true of me as well. Um, that's definitely true of me. Um, when I moved out to New York City, I was feeling a little bit homesick and trying to find a way to connect to being an Oregonian. And I always loved soccer growing up. Um, I played soccer with my dad. I went to like AYSO summer leagues and played with my school during the fall. Um, played with friends, like soccer has always been a huge part of my life. And I did a little bit of research. I always wanted to like watch more like American teams play. And, um, 
it just made sense. I started watching the Timbers like online over crappy streams in my dorm room. Um, and I just became more and more of a fan over the years. That's awesome. Uh, that's so pretty fitting. Yeah, that's that's a that's how a lot of people find the Timbers, I think. Or... <laughs> I guess maybe this is the existential question, but uh, why are you in the Timbers army? Why are you a Timbers and Thorns fan? And it's such a it's such a good question, and it's kind of hard to place a specific reason to it. Um, I think the most important part, or like the most important part for me is that it feels like a family. Um, I found a group of people that, um, like, if any of them asked for a kidney, I would be right there. Um, so I found, like, the second family. We drink enough, and that folks. probably is going to come <laughs> later. <laughs> Maybe on um, Monday. <laughs> we'll see about that. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, but it's... It's great. I think that's something that the Timbers do that I think a lot of sports franchises and fan bases struggle with is they're welcoming. We're welcoming to everyone of all stripes, all shapes, all sizes, all colors, all sorts of things. And that's something that always um, that always attracted me to the group. And it's something that I've found proven time and again. and something that I really, really appreciate. It's a good answer. I mean, I think <laughs> it's, well, it's one thing that like, the common denominator, like anyone who's just you know, a bonafide member of the Timbers Army. They just love the the welcoming, like, openness community that's there, and you can f- be free to be whatever you want to find in the Timbers Army, you can find in the Timbers Army, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And it's something that I kind of struggle with, with sports. So, like, I love sports. I love, like, um, you know, I love watching football as a kid. Like, I found, like, basketball fascinating. Um, I just loved watching sports and, like, rooting for teams, and I love the atmosphere of, like, high school football games and like high school softball and all sorts of like random things. I loved going to track meets and cheering folks on. Um, I always loved sports and the whole atmosphere involved. And um, I was always worried about finding spaces that would like um, let me in really. That's the beautiful thing about the Timbers army, right? You want to be Timbers army and you already are. Exactly. So the question that we end up asking every uh, guest on our show is, Excluding the MLS Cup, what is your favorite away day for the Timbers or the Thorns or both? And just if you just run through the full list of games you've been to, because Kyle skip that skip that question. My bad, Drew. <laughs> I'm really bad at remembering away days. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, I think I uh, uh, did. Think. We meet in at the Cup final. Was I want to say we met in the cup final. Because I, I think it, um, yeah, I think so. Something, because Kyle's, I remember Kyle's head <laughs> being around there. Fantastic, um, I was actually not there, so thanks for rubbing that in. <laughs> yeah, I guess we should give, give some context to the listeners that there was a cardboard cutout of your head that we, so you couldn't make the game, so we, what are those it's called? It's sitting in the closet right next yeah, to me. It? Nice. Like the, uh, what is they called? It was, yeah. fat heads? Fathead, yeah, and you are. That sounds right. It was probably one of the first things I noticed at the match was, like, there were people carrying this giant cardboard cutout of this person's head everywhere. Um, people were taking photos with it. People were passing it along. I think there was a wedding that happened, and there were a photo of this giant cardboard head with the wedding. There was um, a hashtag that I was told about, like, a couple hours <laughs> after it started. 
um, it was incredible. And I'm like, this is crazy. I want to meet these people. Um, and the rest is history. But in terms of, yeah, let's see. Um, I'm trying to like pull up a list of matches. And I think the ones that I remember most start after like 2015 and stuff like that. Um, first game that I went to out here was New York City Away back in 2015. Um, I've been to close to every single East Coast away game since then, with the exception of a few games in Boston, um, mostly because no one can get to Boston on like a midweek. Uh, yeah. it was, I think it was a midweek match this year. Yeah. Um, let's see. So starting from New York away, um, there was the final. There was, I want to say Orlando away. Mm-hmm. Um, Columbus, Philly. DC. I was at Philly. Um, I was at that giant, disgusting sweat box that was DC. Yeah. Good uh, times. Good oh, times. Oh, God. I think I lost like five pounds of water weight or something at that match. I felt so um, shitty the day after. Like, I didn't even drink. I don't think actually anybody drank that day, but I had a hangover just being so dehydrated. Oof. I drank. <laughs> <laughs> well, Drew, we're not all used to it like you. It's okay. I did too. Um, uh, that's a good time to advertise that I'm going to bring some DC Federal Reserve's scarves as well as the much vaunted sweatbands up to the game. Get at me if you want some. Thanks for plugging. That By the room. way, those sweatbands are amazing. I definitely went to like a like 80s themed disco roller skate roller disco party wearing those sweatbands. That's awesome. And awesome. that's, so that's the kind of endorsement that that, that I had in mind <laughs> when when we made these. Yeah. Um, and I and I bought 750 of them. That may have been a mistake. Uh, oh my, um, that's good to know. Because I definitely know some so, people who probably would die to get one. Drew, what you're saying is you have inventory. I I have inventory. I have inventory. Yes. Oh, fantastic. All right, let's get this back on track. Okay, so, uh, so Brie, what, uh, I don't think you actually told us what is your favorite memory. Oh, this is a really tough one, just because, um... And I think you, you left out that you were in Seattle, like, two weeks ago. Oh, yes. Yeah. Um, I guess I was at Seattle away, <laughs> first Seattle away, um, something to know, I am definitely afraid of heights, and the Seattle like travel team puts you in the worst place in the world if you're afraid of heights worse than new york city because i feel like the new york city one is pretty high up there too it's not that bad um there's something about the clink that you're just like why the hell am i up here uh, yeah there aren't any birds up here that's what's going on <laughs> yeah exactly um, in terms of, like, favorite match experiences or favorite away days, um, it's hard to pick one, uh, just because if you haven't, like, been to an away day on the East Coast, they're, they're in an absolute blast. And after every match, I've met incredible people, had amazing memories, um, gone off and done some amazing, crazy adventures. Uh... I would say there's probably three matches that really stick out to me for different reasons, and I know that's cheating um, in terms of that answer. Um, 
I would say one of my favorites is my first away match at New York City in 2015. Um, not because I really, to be honest with you, I don't remember the match. I don't remember much. Uh, but I met some incredible people who helped, like, introduce me to folks. And I made some friends from that match that, um, again, are friends that, like, I would have be, like, you know, uh like bridesmaids at my wedding like there's people that i met who um like i really genuinely believe our family um so there's folks that i met during that match um and in a way that leads like a special uh little i guess moment for me um in terms of matches i think one of my favorites is definitely chicago la last year um mostly because again um the Chicago fans are a ton of fun, and I had a great time um, playing in, like, the supporter group soccer match before the game, mm. um, which is a ton of fun. Um, again, just spending some time with some amazing folks doing things um, that were just really freaking fun. Um, Brie, can I actually ask you a question? And this is very off-topic, and I just, it, the image just clicked. Didn't you play against Trevor Noah? <laughs> yes, yes, I did. I How didn't play that? against him. Um, no, it was... Uh, um, we were playing in the same charity soccer tournament earlier this year. I was actually really distraught because we both made it to the playoff bracket, and they had to win, I want to say, like their first playoff game um, in order to face us. And uh, they ended up losing. And I'm, that makes sense. I'm still really torn because I missed my chance to just destroy Trevor Noah. Um <laughs> Because let's be real, I could have crushed him. Obviously, you just, just completely studs up Diego Chara. The smile oh, at totally. him after. <laughs> Little hip check. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, yeah, definitely. Chicago was one of my favorite memories, if not for the amazing soccer match. Uh, just for the incredible atmosphere with the other fans. Um, I guess lastly, I guess I'd also say Columbus away this year. Um, it was really great returning to Columbus after uh, winning our championship there. Um, There's some amazing gay bars down there that I have very fond memories of. And uh, it was nice to go visit with a ton of friends, with a ton of fun. Um, Did you go back to the uh, that uh, lesbian bar that we went to after the game, after the oh, yes. final? Oh, yes. <laughs> I definitely remember dancing on the banisters, and I definitely remember returning. <laughs> That's awesome. That was a great time, obviously. <laughs> um, the best part about that match is I had a, I, I remember I had work the next day, so I took a red eye from Columbus at like 3 a.m. to get into Newark in New York City at like 6 to get into work. Oh my god. And I showed up. <laughs> oh my gosh. I showed up and I was like, okay, I took a shower at the office and then I was like, I'm pretty sure I just fell asleep in a beanbag for half of a day. And, um, it's the American dream. Awesome. So let's switch gears and, uh, start talking about some, some timbers because that's kind of what we do here. Um, so recent results have been, I guess, rather favorable over the last three. We've taken seven points. Uh, the ship has, I don't want to say completely right at itself because everyone knows that's definitely not the case, but things are definitely looking a bit better than they were the last time we tried recording. Um, 
you know, we're currently sitting second in the West. Uh, we have the most games played in, or above the red line, I should say. But things are definitely looking a bit more positive. Considering we have had a different back line every game for what feels like the last, you know, two months. Uh, we've held together, you know, taking care of business at home against New York and, and Colorado is nice. And then, you know, any point earned in Seattle, I think, is a bonus. Uh, you know, Larry scores in six great games. Uh, hopefully we're close to full health again for Saturday. And, um, yeah, the team's been on a good run of form. I mean, it's deceiving to look at the Western Conference standings by point and see that, you know, where we have the second most points. But we've played so many more games than everybody else that uh, I, I think people are maybe resting on their laurels a little too much. But um, I can say I am I don't understand how it happens where it's like clockwork that somehow Dallas knows how to choke in the summertime. Yeah. I mean, they have they, they still have two games in hand and they haven't won in, I think, now seven. I mean, they just drew at home against New York. Uh, so that they just ate up one of their games in hand, and like there was talk that they were going to be selling uh, Michael Barrios and Maxi Rudy to uh, San well, Lorenzo. Yeah, they and decided to hold on to both of them. Through. But yeah, yeah. They didn't go through. But if they did that, I mean, those I, you, you can't. But they're hanging on to a playoff spot right now, and it doesn't look very promising that they. I mean, San Jose could overtake them. Mm-hmm. San Jose has I mean, been playing well too. Yeah, much better. Uh, the team is improving, but for a team that <laughs> it was, it came into the season blazing, and uh, you know, even going into the summer, they had games in hand. And you're like, you know, they're still probably gonna finish top three in the West. Doesn't look like a sure thing anymore, which definitely does the Timbers' favor. As things usually go with Caleb Porter as coach, um, the Timbers usually find their best form towards the end of the towards the end of the season, and which is good, because I guess that's the opposite of how Dallas usually does it, where they're their best at the beginning of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's promising, and there were definitely some doldrums in the middle of the year there, but we're getting healthy and um, picking up in form. I mean, I st- we still haven't had a performance where anyone was like, this team is contender-worthy. Um, it's been the, uh, the Diego Larry show featuring, you know, these other guys. Yeah, and it'll be nice to have Audie back, I think. Um, to take some of that pressure off, because with all due respect to Darren Maddox and Jeremy Ababise, they haven't been phenomenal, I don't think, in, in Audi's stead. So uh, that'll be interesting to see if he plays this weekend. But uh, yeah, I mean, the team's picking up the form at the right time, so it's uh, the best you can ask I, for. I, I think that is really important, too, just looking into this match in New York away this, this weekend. I almost feel like it's, a, um, it's almost going to be like a it's such a vital match at this point in the season. Because I feel like if we can take away three points in New York City, that instantly elevates us to playoff contenders. Um, oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's one of those cases where I think this match, especially, um, is arguably more important than. It's probably one of our. Or it's probably going to be one of the turning points of the season for us. Well, because if you look at it. We're, this is this is the start of the home stretch. I mean, we're in September now. Five I mean, games left, six off, games. In 2015, we won the cup. It was right around now we kind of kicked it into gear, and this is the time when it matters. Yeah. Well, if we want an analogy, uh, 2015, uh, the game that the Timbers uh, first won to set off that winning streak that took us through the playoffs was a two to one win in Columbus. Um, during the regular yeah. season, 
that really yeah. set things off. Uh, so, and you know, Columbus was a contender, and the Timbers were a borderline playoff team. I think they were out of the playoffs at that point. And, uh, you know, a two-win road win that you don't expect against an Eastern Conference opponent uh, it's, could be a pretty good analogy. Definitely. I definitely I definitely remember watching um, L.A. away in 2015 <sighs> and talking to my games. friend. Yeah, I was talking to my friends and saying, like, hey, like, I don't feel overly optimistic, but we need three points in order for us to, like, continue on the season. Like, this is a make-or-break game. And I feel like New York City away this year almost feels like the same thing um, in terms of going into the home stretch. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't place that much weight on it. I mean, I honestly, I'll be overjoyed if we get at one point out of this game, just just because there's so much going against us, um, and New York has been so good this year. You know, I think this is going to be a tough game to get a result out of, but if we can hang and keep it close, then, uh, you know, this is, you know, that would be a huge result. What, we have this two-game road trip at RSL uh, next weekend, so if we could get, you know, if we could get two points, if we could get four points out of this road trip, I mean, that puts us in the driver's seat for sure. Now, I don't disagree with you that New York has been very good, but I'm actually, I'm looking at this right now to make sure I'm not saying anything stupid, but they're going to be out nine of their starters to play against Kansas City tomorrow night. We're recording on Tuesday. Uh, David Villa, David Villa pulled out of the Spanish national team with Doctor. Achilles, I believe. Adductor. Adductor, yes. Uh, so they're the, he's definitely he's already out for Kansas City. Shotty's out for Portland. And then if you look at the players who are playing these Wait, guys, is Adi uh, out? I thought there was possibility. No, Adi's not out. I'm sorry. Are Adi? No. Oh, what did you, you used to say was like, out? Uh, um, so you have Via who could be out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you're looking at um, Angel Herrera for Venezuela and Rodney Wallace, who are both start, who have played in the Costa Rica and Venezuela game. So you're talking about some guys who aren't exactly on uh, or arrested here going into Wednesday if they play. Um, I don't know. This is this is a New York team that looks like they're probably tired and a bit beat up going into this week. So I think if you're going to play them, now is not a bad time. Yeah. Well, and and the Via, I mean, Via has 19 goals. Uh that's almost half of the team's goals. I think next most is eight for Morales. So, I mean, if he can't play, that's obviously going to be huge. Uh, I don't even know who will fill in there. Maybe Jack Harrison will play straight-up striker. Um, but, yeah, if, if Villa doesn't go, then I think our odds are significantly, significantly better. Yeah, I mean... Should we just should we just roll this into the, the actual game itself? That it, I think it's likely that Ridgewell will also be healthy as well. Do you want to talk about any of the games? Are we? Oh, the specific Timbers games. Yeah, I mean, we had New York. We won two nothing. Uh, that wasn't a particularly impressive performance, but we won. Uh, probably say same thing with the Rapids game. I think our best game we played was against the uh, Sounders. Mm-hmm. As a take a team, yeah, I think that's definitely the best game we played. Which has been kind of weird because I felt we put those performances on the road without getting the results, but. Yeah, I will say that uh, he didn't play in the Sounders game, but Mabiala, who um, I think last time we recorded a podcast, we were both kind of like, sample size is too small to make a judgment on him yet, but I do think that he has proven that he is definitely starter-worthy. Um, 
and and is probably slightly better than Miller as well as Miller has played. Um, that said, honestly, I I might start Miller and Maviala over Ridgewell if it were up to me. But oh, yeah. but uh, can I ask you this? Do you actually think he's? I mean, obviously you've expressed your opinion, but is it that he's actually better, or is the fact that it's been consistently him and having that consistency raises the entire time? Well. I think Ridgewell is good when he's played. Um, he's not that good, though. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think maybe it is the consistency factor that, you know. He's having a back line that's not... I, you know, there's a reason game. that no coach chooses to sub out, the, you know, center backs generally. Because uh, you want them to have that cohesion, and uh, you want everyone to be on the same page. And when you're in a situation like the Timbers are now, where there's a center, you know, the the back line is changing every week, then that makes things really hard. And, uh, I, I mean, I hate punishing a guy because he gets injured. Um, maybe it's because I get injured all the time playing soccer. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, I think there's a really good argument that, you know, Miller has earned a spot. He's been really good this year, especially in playing center back and not left back. So, yeah, I mean, if it were up to me, I'd leave Ridgewell on the bench. Uh, but I don't think Porter will do that. I agree with you. The consistency, I think, is more important. Because um, if you think about this back line, this back four, like, in this configuration, how many games have they all played together? I yeah. think that if you look at other key center-back pairings, and if you look at, honestly, center-back pairings are defensive, like the best defensive teams across, like, recent memory, as one of the common factors are back lines that have played consistently together over the course or at least have you know that experience built up of certain partnerships or a fundamental understanding of when one player is going to step up when one player steps back um communication and that almost inherent knowing of what your partner is going to do is so key to successful successful play i don't see ritual coming starting in this game i really don't yeah and i would argue against it on top of it, I just don't think that Ridgewell, he's too hes too injury prone. Like, he has yet to come back for more than a game and a half. And you want to keep that consistency. I mean, why throw a guy in, throw a wrench in the system of having Miller and Maviala just continue to gel and then have a guy get injured and have to repeat the, pro- or, you know, kind of restart the process when you're in the home stretch at this point? So say we all. Exactly. Like, I would want my back four to be consistent for every single match through the end yeah. of the season. I, I think uh, Ridgewell has, I mean, and you're probably not wrong, Drew, with saying that Kale Porter will give it back to Ridgewell, but if it's up to me, I think he's lost a spot. Just be, be being injured, like, I think he's if the he captain, doesn't start... Uh, which I think Porter puts a lot of weight on. That depends on who you ask. That depends on who you ask. I think um, Caleb Porter would call him the captain. But if he does not start... Uh, in NYC, I don't think he can finish the year out with 16 games. I mean, what does that say? I mean, the guy, I think people just get angry at the fact that, and I'm, I'm in this party, that we just have paid so much for Ridgewell, and we kind of needed him to be healthy, and for whatever reason, he hasn't been, which is not always to a fault of his own, but it just, it, Ridgewell is a figure bugs the crap out of me. I, I, I partially blame the defensive struggles on him, I mean, like, the drunk driving is not ideal. Uh, no. As a player, he's fu- I mean, I think he's good. I think 
if he was healthy, I think he would be an automatic starter over Miller. But to me, he's just he's just eating up cap space. He's sitting on the bench. He's eating up cap space. And it's not even he's a tan player right now. Like he's not he's not a DP anymore, but he's still a tan player. And if you look at what uh, like you know the likes of uh, Victor Vasquez and uh, Maxi is it Maxi Morales for yeah. New York? Mm-hmm. Those are both tan players, if I'm not mistaken. Maxi might be a DP, but still, you look at that range of what teams are starting to bring in in the tan level, and you look at Ridgewood, and you're like, well, at best, we might be getting 16 games from a tan player. And that bugs the crap out of me. Yeah. I mean, I don't. The idea of not getting many games from a tan player actually doesn't bother me. It's that he's not that much better than a lot of regular MLS players, replacement level MLS players. He's maybe slightly better than that, and I think that's where it's the waste of money. But then you have to look at the allocation of resources that you do. That I mean, if if you're paying, you know, what his playing level should be, you're looking at maybe like what two fifty at most. And then you can use that TAM allocation on a lot. Uh, even just, even just ballpark. Let's say you're spending 250 on Ridgewell, and, and then you have that you know target allocation money to spend somewhere else that we're going to be a bit better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we've beaten this this horse to death. Yeah. Okay. Should we just talk about the game and then we can get to the logistics? Put, put that yeah. at the end. Okay. Do you guys think? Uh, let's let's pretend for a second that Ridgewell is healthy and he starts. Do you think it'll be Miller starting at left back or Vitas? Because for the New York game, they were both healthy. They were both healthy, and Miller started over Vitas, um, who uh, you know hasn't who was injured and then appears to have maybe lost his job. Uh, even though I think he has been good, and Miller has been amazing as center back. I'm less impressed with him through at, at left back, but I think all of the criticisms of Miller being an outside backer valid. Um, when we kind of knew going into that he should be a center back, he is very clearly lost a step. And that's where he, I mean, I think, was, did he play a left back in Seattle too? No, I no, I think Vitas did. As in, in the car, or whatever game he played left back in, he, he got burned. Yeah, I think very that was often. The, yeah, New York game. And, uh, you know, something to be said for New York, they have, you know, they have pretty, they've, if Ernie Wallace is playing, you know, I mean, him and Jack Harrison, they're both fast guys. It's not, it's not a matchup by favor with Miller. So I think if he's starting, he's starting the center. He's not starting at all. Um, my hope is that Vitas starts on the left. I think Miller played out of position is something that we want to avoid in the back line. And I think getting Vitas minutes, um, especially going into this potential playoff run, is is much more important um, than any temporary run of form. Um, I think that Vitas offers just so much more going um, going up the flank that having Miller on the left side really reduces our ability to really threaten on the flanks or play, threaten on the wings. Um, not knocking Miller as a player. I think he's great. I would love to see a potential back line with... Um, with like Vitas on the left, um, Maviala and Miller in center, and I'm not really sure actually on the right on the right side. Valentine, um, that was just yeah, yeah. I think you gotta give it to Valentine. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, and maybe solidify that as our back four going into the home stretch. Yeah. So, 
I, I might be on an island here, but I don't think Powell. Powell. I don't. If I think if we get the right offer from this off season, I think he's gone. You're not on an island. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> I just I he it, maybe it's because we're just looking at this little Timbers window, but he's the only player I know at that age that has regressed so dramatically in such a small period of time, but it seems to be consistent regression. I don't know. I wouldn't say he's regressed all that much. He just hasn't improved. Oh, Drew, he's re- <laughs> No, I think he's re- I think he's, he's so he's never developed that ability to cross. He cannot pass the halfway part. In his defenses, he's never been able to do those things. Re- no, that's, that's what I'm saying. He's never been able to do those. He still can't, but now I feel like his defensive awareness has gone down the drain. I mean, he can still kind of def- one-on-one, I still give him credit. He's pretty good. Like he I mean he can take a guy and just stand him up, mm-hmm. but when it comes to anyone, you know, overlapping him, it can be done. And he he had pace. I mean, if he ever got if he got beat on the overlap, he could cover. But I don't think that's the case anymore. I I I like Powell. Um, and I think Valentin has absolutely deserved to become the starter. Uh, but man, there's so much potential. I mean, Powell's potential I think but is way higher they than, keep that than, word, than Valentin. They keep throwing that word potential around, and it's Potential's not now. I know. I know. And you look at what, I mean, there's, you know, okay, New York, Toronto, Dallas, um, you know, New England to some lesser extent, you know, uh, Montreal. They're developing young players who can actually contribute. And the, they're older than Alvis Powell. We've had him in the Timber system for, what, four or five years now? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... I don't know. I think he's had his time, and he has not been able to show consistent improvement at an MLS level. But I think in terms of what Powell offers tactically, I think his biggest Achilles heel or his biggest flaw is his inability to pick a pass. Um, when you have such great wingers as, like, if you have Nagby, Blanco, players that do really well inverting and cutting inside, you want to have wide players who can, like, really give you with and build up and give you options and give you the ability to like um provide service um and powell just has consistently proved that he's really shitty at that <laughs> and that's something which like no matter how much potential he has no matter how good he is on one-on-one defending i feel like he doesn't offer what the timbers need in their system at that position exactly this, this also might be my own opinion, but I think some of Blanco's early kind of sluggish start that we all kind of saw was because he had to be much more of a two-way winger. I think he had to cover, def- uh, you know, when he was playing on the right, he had to cover a lot of Powell's defensive mistakes. I mean, and I, I'm very happy that he is able to be... Does he, though? I don't know. Blanco doesn't play much defense. When he, when he was I playing on the right, he did. When he was playing Blanco. on the right, he really did. He was tracking. He was, he was tracking back all the. Drew, what games are you watching? I'm giving you a side eye right now. I see. You're that. so blind. Oh my god, Blanco <laughs> is amazing in terms of defensive work. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So Drew is obviously wrong. So I mean, it would not surprise me if Powell is gone. I mean, I, I, and you look at the terms of back lines, and this is what you said earlier. It wouldn't surprise me if Vitas goes too. I mean, we could see some. We could I see some. V- I think it's I, early to give up on Vitas. I just—it's one thing. 
I'm not trying to say I'm giving up on him, but he might lose, at the minimum, he could lose a starting position. We could bring in somebody else to be a starter on the left. I think Vitas is a good, I don't know. I, 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 I still think he's our best left back. I don't disagree with you. I don't even think he's bad, but for some reason, Porter has shown that he doesn't necessarily trust him. I mean, if if you have a healthy Vitas, I don't quite understand why you'd play uh, Miller. In most circumstances. So it's it's things like that. In normal circumstances, I would make subs as well. But Porter doesn't do that either. That's because you're crazy, so. But I I mean, I think that's unfair to Vitas, um, given just, like, the team that you're matching up against in Seattle or something like that. If you're looking to play, like, go out, guns a-blazing, and try and win this match, like you're going to be throwing numbers forward. And I totally saw like opportunities where like, sometimes you just want someone who's better defensively as a, in, as part of a unit um, who doesn't necessarily offer a lot of attacking threat, but you want someone to really help lock down that back line so you can sort of just move out and counter um, in terms of game state and stuff like that. I think that starting Miller at Seattle, I, I can see why do I agree with it? I'm not sure yet, to be honest. Um, but I think it like using it to knock on Vitas is does discredit to his ability. Totally agree. Stop just stop ragging on Vitas, Kyle. Sure, why you hate me? Um, <laughs> so Yankee Stadium is a Yankee Stadium. It's a is a baseball field. It is I think also a, a pinball machine. Yes, incredibly small pitch. Um, I feel like. Kind of primed for Diego Valeri style play. Um, I, I think I'm interested to see how him and Blanco do in that kind of small space. Do we think Nagby and Guzman will play? Do they have to? I mean, are we going to have to have them play? Do I have think options. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, I think they have to play. I think Guzman definitely. I think we definitely missed Guzman quite a bit. Um, Nagby maybe less so, but it's hard to see. I mean, I guess Espria would start over him would be the only logical choice. Um, but I think that's unlikely. I think they'll both be in the starting lineup. I mean, we saw what happened when we played Nagby, Nagby back at the 8, and I was not crazy about it. It just didn't have that happy, warm feeling I wanted it to. Do you know uh, what I'm saying, Drew? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know the happy warm feeling you're referring to, Kyle. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I do. I, look, I like Nagby on the wing nowadays. I think that's where he's been his best this season. So, um, yeah, I think that's where it's going to be at. And, and so looking at, looking at the standings here. So the New York City, as well as the Timbers, both have 48 goals scored this season. Uh, the Timbers have 45 goals against, and New York City has 35, so that's 10 goal difference in goals against. Um, which is pretty impressive because there's a lot of goals scored at Yankee Stadium because it's such a small field. Um, so I really think this game is going to come down to the defense, uh, which we've already talked about extensively. But um, part of me almost thinks that the Nagby Aspria question is secondary to can we will we be able to stop them? And obviously, a huge part of that is if you know 19 goals from David Villa are on the field or if they're not. So uh, it very well may come down to that. Obviously, our odds against Jack Harrison are, are much higher than um, <laughs> David Villa. 
Yeah, and again, like I was saying earlier, I think a lot of it's going to depend on the the uh, interlocking play between Blanco and Valeri. And we've seen a lot of like glimpses of this year, and they started to do it more and more consistently since you know June. But I think that's a lot of it comes down to, especially in a tight pitch. The quicker you can play behind a line, the better off you're going to be, especially in somewhere like New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm just remembering, well, I guess Bree's first away day when uh, the legendary Ishmael Yarte, I believe, scored the game-winning goal, or maybe game-tying. I don't even know. I think game-winning. Game-winning, game Drew. Yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. exactly what's happening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe it'll be someone that we could never expect. Maybe... Victor Arboleda will come on and score the winner. You never know. Could happen. Or maybe Ishmael Yarte will show up and He'll come back. <laughs> ask to sub on. Game alone. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess let's dive into the logistics of the day. Uh, so there's going to be a lot going on. Yeah. Um, Bree, do you want to kick us off here? I feel like you uh, you and Jade are kind of the um, you know, focal point of the planning of New York shenanigans. Oh, definitely. Um. Let's see, where to begin? Uh, officially, we have a pregame meetup starting at 11 a.m. on Saturday the 9th. Uh, we'll be all grabbing drinks at Polliner on Bowery. Uh, there's a great post. Uh, I wrote up a little guide on how to get there, what's happening, um, all the shenanigan information. Um, on the East Coast Splatoon Facebook page, uh, so if you have any questions or anything like that, uh, and that's uh that's near Midtown, is that right? It's um right on Bowery, so actually sort of I, don't know I guess straddling the <laughs> So it's, it's south of Midtown. It's south okay. of Midtown. It's um I think uh, it's the I don't know if to call it the Lower East Side or like Soho type area. Uh, it's um, Soho. We'll get like, the map. It goes closer to Soho. The middle yeah, southern like, part of Manhattan. It's lower <laughs> Manhattan, exactly. Okay. Like um. It's a great uh, beer hall. Uh, there will be a bunch of us meeting up there um, before the match, and then we'll also head on up to Yankee Stadium together from there. Uh, we should probably throw in here that you should avoid driving at all costs. As, yes. As I feel most people that go to New York City realize that, but um, seriously. Public like, transportation is your friend. The subway exactly. is an amazing, an amazing thing. Own your Oregonianness. Whatever part of you that takes, and use public transit. <laughs> um, yeah, reiterate the point. Don't drive. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus, then you can enjoy like more adult beverages. Exactly. Fact. Um, let's see. In terms of other shenanigans and things like that, um, I'm probably gonna get a small group of folks. I know some folks that are trickling into the city starting Thursday. Uh, we'll start meeting up throughout the week. And I fully expect to be out uh, goofing about after the match as well. Because um, I think, let's see, kickoff is at 5.30 p.m. Eastern, if I don't remember. If yeah, I remember that's correctly. right. It's an early one. Uh, it's an earlier match, so there will definitely be drinks afterwards. Some logistics uh, that, you know, this is true of every away day match, but we'll enter the stadium probably about an hour before kickoff, so that's 4.30. Um and if we do it the same way that we did two years ago, then they'll put us in kind of through this, like, crazy back way entrance, and there'll be, you know, like, a cop for every two people, maybe. A lot of cops. Um, and uh, 
they'll escort us in, and, and the away section is over third base, basically. Um, so it'll be, you know, we won't be that close to the, to the <laughs> field, uh, but I, but probably closer than you are in Seattle. Uh, so that'll be nice. Yeah. That's the hope and the dream, so. Yeah. Not being the nosebleeds. So posters slash flags have to be four foot by six foot, and they have to be pre-approved. So when we're checking in at security, if you have a, a flag or a, you know, any, you can't do two sticks, but two sticks without the sticks, um, then you check them in <laughs> with security at the, at the, at the box when you're, you're checking in there with your ticket and such. What else? Don't swear. Fuck no, don't swear. <laughs> yep. Uh, I suppose that's a quite a, quite a thing at Yankee Stadium. They will, they will kick you out if you're, you know, a problem with that. So be mindful. Yeah, they were, I mean, we were, when we were there two years ago, I think they told us that we were the biggest away support group that they'd ever seen. But, you know, it's because there were probably like five home games at the time. And <laughs> none of the staff had clearly ever seen real soccer fans. So they were like blown away that we were standing, let alone singing and, con- you know, together. Um, so hopefully they have their shit together a little bit more this time. But yeah, they were very dogmatic that we had to not curse at all. Um, they were very adamant that if your ticket wasn't in the away supporters section, then you could not send with us, which is so stupid for safety reasons. But, um, so we'll see if that's still true, but just to be safe, I would highly recommend that if you want to be in the Timbers army, that you buy a ticket through the Timbers army, uh, official sales have closed on that, but you can call the front office of New York city. Um, and they can still hook you up with the ticket for that. Um, I don't believe it is sold out to my knowledge. That's really good to know. Uh, and last but certainly not least, uh, they have, they were, they had some great, uh, heckling last, last time we were there. I think my favorite was that we did something along the lines of, um, you don't have a daily newspaper or something like that. Uh, our public transit was inferior to theirs. A lot of, uh, there was a lot of heckling, but it was all in good nature. Um, not all of it will be in good nature. New York fans probably in the same zone as Philly fans. So, uh, everybody be chill. They, they, they will want to start a fight, so don't, don't be an idiot. Good advice, Drew. Good Thanks. advice. Thanks. Good solid life advice by Drew there. I'll step off my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like always, I'm sure they will hold us after the game. So expect for that. That will definitely not be leaving right away. Not new. Yada, yada, yada. Um, Drew, questions that I'm hoping you and Bree can answer for me. If my ticket has a seat number on it, that is my seat, correct? (laughs) Wrong! (laughs) Drew, what do you mean? Uh, If you have a ticket with the Timbers Army, it's all general admission. Just imagine you're at the Timbers Army in Providence Park, where there is a a seat number and a ticket number and all that stuff, and it means nada. So... Thank there, you so much. Yeah, so, uh, you know, when they let us in, we're going to go to the front, and if you're not there till five minutes before kickoff, you got to be in the back. That's, now, that's how things roll. It is Tuesday, and I don't have my ticket yet. Where is my ticket, and when will I get it? Oh, my gosh. I hate you for asking that question. <laughs> Anyone who asked that question, you oh. are dead to me. Wow. Um, Harsh. This half of East Coast platoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my default answer to that is 
just uh honestly a look of condescension and just i don't know um <laughs> sorry that's really mean it's okay don't freak out you'll be fine don't worry about it yeah it's, it's usually not uh the ordinary for tickets to go out 24 to 48 hours beforehand so right and if anyone is traveling into new york city and you need a ticket printed for some strange reason or something like that please do let me know we'll take care of it killer so uh we will see everybody at 11 a.m at polliner on bowery then we'll see everyone at the uh the bar afterwards i guess right definitely and if folks are getting in if folks are getting in early like let us know um yeah keep your eyes on the east coast platoon facebook page for sure um, check out on Twitter, check out our Facebook page. Um, you can find us also on Gotham Company, uh, TA Gotham Company. Um, we'll post updates throughout the week as we, um, goof around. Probably, uh, hashtag New York away, I would imagine, right? NY away, or are we going New York? Probably NY away, uh, yeah. I'm not sure or NYC yet. away? We should... Um, uh, I don't know. Let's, let's, I'm gonna make a decision. We're gonna use NYC away. Let's get a committee together, and we'll figure <laughs> this out, okay? Yeah, we can make a decision on Sunday. Um, uh, I'm calling it. Hashtag NYC away. All right, Drew. All right. Yeah, we'll see. I'll see you on Saturday. <laughs> Bree, thank you very much for coming. See you there. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Bree. Uh, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's a, it was a blast. Absolutely, Kyle. I'll see you Saturday. Drew, it's I will exciting. see you on Saturday. For, the, for right. only the second time in the history of the show. Yeah, right. It's, it's a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. See ya. Bye. How's the bum crumble? It's actually cooling right now, and I cannot wait to get to it. Um, well, I guess we, we won't keep you from that then. <laughs>